Thank you all for stopping by. My name is Justin Gilly, and you're listening to the Rated JG Podcast. What is going on, everybody? Thank you all for tuning in to another episode of the Rated JG Podcast. My name is Justin Gilly. I'm your host. And before we get started on today's episode, if you haven't already, shoot me a, uh, a follow on Instagram and on Facebook at Rated JG Podcast and whatever platform you're listening this to or listening to this on, whether that be iTunes or Spotify or whatever you're listening, if you could give me a little five-star rating, thumbs up, follow, all of that helps spread the word a little bit. I'm trying to get back into this and do things a little uh, more frequently than I have been in recent history, and the downloads are going up. Um, I see that the a lot of the audience is coming back, uh, even though I neglected this thing for quite some time. So, hey, we're getting back in the saddle here, and I appreciate all of you that have taken the time to follow along thus far, and See if we can't do some more cool shit in the future. But let's jump into today's episode. I've been sticking more to the uh, the new series that I've been doing with my wife, Casey, uh, the Put This on Your Playlist series, which is what we do at the end of every month. Basically, we just recap some cool music and uh, bands that we've been liking and finding and listening to in rotation over the last couple weeks. And at the end of the month, we compile that list or a couple of our favorites, and we shoot them out to you guys and tell you, what to put on your playlist. We also love whenever you send over your uh, recommendations to the Instagram and Facebook or wherever you message them to me. Any kind of musical recommendations I'm always down with. So I listen to those. I appreciate all the messages and everything y'all have sent us thus far. And we'll have another one of those coming out here soon. It's almost the end of the month. So that is coming up. But as of today, I come to you guys with a little bit more of a, I don't want to call it a somber attitude because... Uh, it's a topic that's near and dear to my heart. Anybody that knows me knows I'm a huge Dallas Stars fan. And if you've been following along, whether it be on my show or the any of my social medias, or if you just live in the DFW area, I'm sure you've been following along with the Dallas Stars season. It came to a very ugly end last night. Um, we were absolutely blown out six to nothing here at home by the Vegas Golden Knights which was a very bitter end to what was otherwise a very positive season in my mind. We came into this thing with a whole lot of question marks and what-ifs and expectations that I feel like not only were met, but were exceeded. I know a lot of you like hockey, and I've tried to kind of cultivate that atmosphere here. You know, I have a, like, I only really follow a handful of things, and hockey being one of them, music obviously, UFC, baseball. So if I like something, I tend to go hard and I tend to really, you know, dig in and, and, and try to immerse myself in it and learn as much as I can. So I'm a huge Dallas Stars fan. Uh, I have forcefully made a lot of my friends into Stars fans in the last couple of years by dragging them to games with me and texting them and sending them updates and whatever. I have a, I think I've got a good little little group here that I can talk hockey with. So if you're listening this far, I would consider you one of those people. Shout out to y'all. Let's talk some hockey and let's recap this season. So as I mentioned, they the Stars were, were kicked out last night. We were, um, it was a 6 to nothing loss in the conference finals, here in the Western Conference finals between us and the Vegas Golden Knights. 
But before we get into that series, I wanted to kind of give a little lead up. I don't want to recap the entire season, but just touch on some positives and negatives. So if you aren't a hockey fan, maybe this will bring you up to speed a little bit on the stars. So some positives in recent history. We definitely, um, you know, had a lot going into this, but we beat the Minnesota Wild in the, the first round of the playoffs, which we have admittedly had Minnesota's number for the last couple of years. I don't think that they have a first round win or a playoff series win in like seven or eight years or something like that. And that we get matched up with them fairly often. So we took care of them pretty handedly in the first round. Then we ran into a very, very unexpectedly great Seattle Kraken team that scared me to death. These dudes were big. They were fast. They were physical. They were, I mean, if they had, they're an expansion league, or excuse me, an expansion team from the expansion draft. And so they're kind of been just thrown together. These guys kind of had one year to put it all together. They weren't teammates because there wasn't even a, a team a year ago, but nobody really knew what to expect. And man, they squeaked into the playoffs as a, a wild card team and end up with us in the second round. And they gave us just about all that we could handle. Seattle was incredible. And they also had one of our um, highlights or, or high points uh, on their team that we didn't get to keep within the expansion draft. Uh, our defenseman, Jamie Oleksiak, which was one of my favorite players. And he went over to Seattle and he flourished and he had a great series against us. And He's going to be somebody that we do miss as of now and will continue to miss because we need a big presence like him on defense. But anyways, we did take care of Seattle, and then that led us into the series, which just wrapped up yesterday with, with Vegas. And we've met them every – it seems like every season Vegas is putting out you know an incredible team. They were an expansion draft team a couple years ago. I think 2017, if I'm not mistaken, was their first year in the league. And they came out hot. I mean, they've, they've been to – you know, the Stanley Cup Finals, they took, you know, the NHL by storm. They're, they're just, a, they've, they're a great franchise, and they're they're still in their infancy. So, based upon what I saw last night and this season, and especially the series with us, Vegas is going to be very good for a very long time. They almost swept us. I mean, they came out to a three games to nothing lead, and I couldn't believe that we squeaked one game out, much less two, but... We did. We ended up getting, you know, we, we took two back from them and ended the way that it did. But that's a kind of a recap of just of the playoffs there. So bringing you guys up to speed with some positives on the actual season itself. I wanted to bring this up because I had a bunch of my buddies texting me. Um, I have like a little, a gr- like I told you, maybe a group of five or six guys that I consider fairly close friends that know a lot about hockey. And it's cool to shoot some ideas back and forth and get perspectives on games. And we text all the time throughout the season or message each other on Instagram or Facebook, whatever it may be. And uh, we were kind of talking and I put something on the rated JG Instagram, like, Hey guys, what do y'all think about? What are some takeaways? And I appreciate y'all messaging me back and giving me all kinds of input because it was all over the place. But anyway, some positives for the season that I was talking about with my buddies was there's, I think the first thing that you can walk away with, was just the amount of like records that were broken from this team that's under the first year of a, a new head coach. But we scored 108 points during the regular season. That's no, like, that's not a joke. That, that, that's something you don't scoff at. That's a lot of points. Um, we didn't win our division, but it, that's neither here nor there. But 108 points is a great 
you know, a big feat to, to match there or, or to, to have. And I think that that's a, a good starting point to kind of lay out where else there was positives because I mentioned it's our first year under Pete DeBoer. Um, Pete actually came over from Vegas, and I was excited when we signed him. Anybody that watched Vegas or still does watch Vegas, they were a very offensive-minded team, very fast, very – they don't do the whole dump and chase. They're, they're in your face, putting shots on net, moving the puck around, jumping on you any chance that they get. And I love that style that Pete brings because, number one, our previous coach, Rick Bonus was – could not be more polar opposite. I mean, very defensive-minded, very keep the puck out of the net and good things will happen. Well, you know, obviously, but he's more so focused on the back end of things as opposed to putting the pressure on, which, hey, he's a he's been in the NHL forever. He obviously knows what he's doing, but I think everybody that follows the Stars was excited to get Pete on our, our side because we have somebody on the defensive side of things that is – quite frankly, I think the most underrated player in the NHL, uh, Miro Haskinen. And Miro has been incredible as a, in, as a defenseman his entire tenure in, in the NHL. And Miro has always had this he, – he's performed at a high, high level every season since he's been in the NHL. But when we signed DeBoer and brought him over, everyone, including myself, was excited to see how Miro would flourish in that system. And he did. You know, this year – under the f- the first and only season as DeBoer's head coach, once again, losing John Klingberg, you know, the person that has been with them the whole time, Miro broke the se- single-season point record uh, for a defenseman on the Stars held by Sergei Zubov. Don't know if you heard of the guy. <laughs> Probably one of the top ten defensive players to ever skate, b- definitely in Dallas. So he breaks that, that season record, and that, like I said, one one full season under Pete. So that's a huge highlight. That's something to keep that, – that's not just going to go away. If anything, that's probably going to boost his confidence and make him more willing to take on a leadership role with the whole defensive core because he has solidified himself as the head of that. And I love the fact that Miro is finally getting the chance to succeed and be that number one demon and have all the lights on him and have that pressure because – He's somebody that's here for it, and he, he lived up to the pressure in past with flying colors this year. So Miro's obviously handling business on the defensive side of things. And his, on the other side, you know, on an offensive side of things, we had a great season. Jason Robertson broke Mike Madonna's single-season scoring record, shattered that record. I mean, think about that. Sergei Zubov and Mike Madonna, those are historic figures in Dallas hockey. And this year... We had both long-standing records broken by youngsters. Neither one of them were even 24 years old. So Jason Robertson breaking Madonna's record, Haskin and breaking Zubov's record. What better way could you want? You know, you know that's, that's literally on both sides of the puck. you got offense and defense there. And then Robertson was, he got, I would say, the most credit for having the top line or one of, I, personally, I'd say that one of the top five first lines in the NHL, Jason Robertson, Rope Hintz, Joe Pavelski. Those three dudes absolutely handled business this year. And you've got Pavelski, who is a 37 or 38-year-old veteran, literally known as Captain America, like the most loved player in the NHL, who solidified that top line with Robertson and Hintz, the youngsters on, on either side. And they just lit up 
the score sheet every single night. I feel like every time that a Stars, ha- or anytime the Stars had a positive thing happen on the offensive side of the puck, one of those three dudes were involved, even if they weren't on the same line. But Robertson, Hintz, and Pavelski, that line dominated the NHL this year. They they had numbers that were unrivaled, so much so that it, it reminded me of the Jamie Ben Tyler Sagan Radulov days of old, you know, whatever, four or five years ago. Didn't really know, um, you know, obviously under the Rick bonus system, these lines changed all the time. And having a bona fide top line, Robertson, Hintz, Pavelski, every night putting those three dudes out there, setting the tone, good luck trying to defend with those guys. What are you going to do? If, if, if Pavelski gets to the front of the net, it, it's game over. Or you've got Robo and Hintz sniping one-timers and skating around like – like a freaking bat out of hell. These guys just laid it down and, and really solidified they're one of the top lines in the entire NHL, not just our conference, not just our division. They're here to stay. And that leads me into another huge positive. The unsung hero of the Dallas Stars is Jim Nil. Our general manager is an absolute genius. I mean, you have to think back to what a general manager does. He's not out there skating. He's not out there coaching. He's putting, he's playing chess. You know, he, he's putting all these pieces together so that people like Pete DeBoer can succeed. You look back at the 2017 draft class. He got, I think it was whatever, Robertson, Haskin, and Ann Ottinger in the same draft class. I mean, you telling me there's not a lot of scouting that goes into that. And not only just the, the drafting of, of young talent and, and grooming them into premier NHL caliber players, the free agency pickups with uh, Max Domi and Evgeny Dodonov, those guys were incredible pickups at the at the deadline that helped us out in the tail end of the year and helped us get as far as we did. And the contracts that Jim Neal has set forth for this core. I mean, you got to think, we're going to put out damn near the same lineup next season that we just saw go to the Western Conference Finals. We're going to have, I mean, Robertson, he's locked down. Hintz, he's locked down. Haskinen, he's locked down. What more can you ask for? I mean, you can build a team around that. Ottinger, obviously, you know, the perennial powerhouse that he's become back there between the pipes. Those are the things that as a fan, you get spoiled because you don't think about it because you're just used to seeing it. Whatever you go by their sweater that has their last name on the jersey. There's a reason there's only four or five jerseys available in the, you know, when you go to purchase them. It's because everyone else is on a half-season contract or, you know, picked them up for one year. Like, those names on the back of those jerseys are going to be here to stay. That's why they're available. Like, those are big-time names that are here for big-time contracts, and they're not playing around. And you can build a Stanley Cup contender team with those names. So, again, Jim Neal, whether it be the contracts that he's worked out, the bringing in the new head coach, the drafting young talent. I mean, right now, if you've watched a handful of Dallas Stars games in the past year or two, I guarantee you, you could go to our AHL affiliate, you know, the Texas Stars. You could pull up their roster right now or go to one of their games. You'd know half of them. You know, we have probably four to eight NHL caliber players ready to go right now at at a moment's notice that are just, you know, we don't have the room for them right now. They're in the AHL, but that's incredibly promising. So God forbid one of those big guys go down, you know, we've got a slew of youngsters below us that are getting ready to get pulled up at any point in time. So that's always a 
a huge comfort or hey if you if you want to go after a big name guy down the line we've got some pieces in play that you can add into that you know instead of burning draft picks we got these youngsters that have already proven themselves that we don't necessarily have room for so that could be used as leverage down the line if necessary young talent jim nil all of that unsung hero in my eyes i really think that he doesn't get the credit he deserves but um he was i forgot what the uh, the award is for the nhl puts forth for the uh, the best gm or the i don't know how they what the verbiage that they use on that is but i do see i did see that jim nil was nominated for that so he is getting his flowers in that sense but yeah, shout out to him for for making it fun to watch these uh, th- these teams that he's developed over the past couple of years go out there, and I'm excited for that future. On the topic of the of us getting kicked out and you know getting a, an embarrassing six no, six to nothing loss, I'm trying to look at whatever positives I can because I was you know f- just as fucking pissed as anybody last night when this happened. I was I was miserable. I was like I don't want to talk about it. I'm just, I'm done. I had to kind of. Take must take a step back and take a breath, and I'm like, you know what? We were two wins away from a Stanley Cup final, which would have been the second Stanley Cup final we've gone to in the past three years. Not only that, we had the the chips stacked against us there at the end. You know, the round one I mentioned that we handled Minnesota. Well, the the Joe Pavelski penalty, that, or excuse me, the the Dumba penalty from that that dirty hit on Pavelski where he was literally concussed falling off the ice had to be escorted off and missed the rest of that series like that had all the makings of a disaster because as i mentioned earlier his line mates rope hints and jason robertson they were solidified by that veteran presence and he goes down in the first round of the playoffs so we're over here like son of a bitch you know here we go but once again, overcame adversity there. Um, I'm not a huge fan of this guy, but Tyler Sagan stepped up a little bit in that way. Um, he didn't have a great series, but he definitely was more visible than he has been in the past. That was just the round one thing. Then you've got Miro Haskinen taking that puck to the face, which just, I mean, Miro skates 30 minutes a night, which is just an absolute freaking workhorse on the defensive side of things. But Miro taking that puck to the face I mean, I don't know. I've just never really thought about how bad that would hurt. Or then you see that happen to somebody who's just a, a, a solid presence on the ice every night. He goes down to the tunnel. He's back the next game. I mean, stitched up. Dude looks like he has a fucking grapefruit on his face. Is just completely swollen. He's out there with a full cage ready to go. I think he skated 29 minutes or 31 minutes or something the next game. Like, huge positive takeaway. That guy had every reason you know, to be under some kind of concussion protocol or or sit out. Nobody would have batted an eye because of how much work he puts in. But no, that's not – he's not cut from that cloth. He was out there, and he put on an absolute show with, I mean, like I said, a massive scar on his face and a huge swollen cheek and a full face scar. Like, you, you love to see that. That wasn't the only injury – excuse me, injury. We had Evgeny Dodonov who went out the same time that – Jamie Ben did in this last series with Vegas, and that is kind of a uh, a good segue into the negatives because there is a lot. Not on the Dodonov side of things, obviously he can't help getting hurt, and he was a great deadline pickup. But I, I just I, I don't understand the Jamie Ben penalty, the cross check with the absolute flagrant, like I don't even know what you would call that, like stick slam where he the dude's already on the ground. Jamie falls on top of him and like. 
has both hands on his stick and shoves him in the. I mean, just an absolute, absolute fucking bush league play. Like, what a, what are you doing? You're the captain of our team. We're down three to nothing in the series, and you put yourself in a situation for a five minute major. You get a game misconduct. You're gone. You're out two game suspension. Like, you very well could have never played another game that season, but the team bailed him out and you know wins two games. And what? Do, how does he repay us? Comes out and. Lays a goose egg, whatever. Jamie Ben had a good, he had a great season. You know, we kept calling it the Benessance because he was playing lights out compared to what we thought. So he does get a pass there. We've had a good reign with Jamie as our captain, but I just looking at that is a, a huge black eye, no pun intended, over the season. On the negative side of things, other than what I just mentioned with Jamie, priority number one has got to be shoring up this defense. Miro can't do everything. He can't be expected to play 30 to 35 minutes every single night. He can't be expected to be scoring and, and shutting down, you know, any kind of zone entry and then playing on the power play units and the penalty kill. Like, you can't, you can't expect that from him all the time. That's how you wear out a young superstar and make him, you know, just take years off of his career. I do love the fact uh, we have Thomas Harley. Uh, he, he was – I'm pretty sure that's this is his rookie season – Big guy. I love the way he skates. He makes some stupid decisions as a rookie, but so does everyone. And I think that he's earned a spot to be full-time next season. And if we can get Harley up to speed and meet his potential under the Pete DeBoer system with Miro having that veteran presence and being the stud that he is, that is something. I don't know if they could ever be line mates, but I, I do love the fact that Thomas Harley is being a bright spot back there with the you know, he's 20, 21 years old, whatever he is, 22, huge. Keep your eye out. That's another, you know, a young name there. We have a lot of those on our team. But Thomas Harley, he can't do it all with Miro. We've got to sure up that defense, and we need to do it now. Because Essa Lindell, Yanni Hockenpah, great players, but they are too damn slow. And that was wildly apparent throughout the Vegas and especially the Seattle series. I mean, these dudes could not keep up. They were literally skating circles around us, and if it wasn't for Ottinger playing unreal lights out, we would have, I don't know how the season would have gone, because, I mean, we were, the the speed that Seattle and Vegas showed was just a glaring deficiency on our end, and I don't know what, how, how do you mitigate that? Do you trade for someone? Do we draft someone? Do you pull up some youngsters, give them the shot? I, I don't know. I'm not. Jim Nil, but I mean, that is, I think anybody around the league or any kind of even casual fan will say that's the the most glaring deficiency that needs to be addressed now, <laughs> because you, you can't, I understand that DeBoer has an offensive-minded system, but you can't just expect Ottinger to go put up 35 to 50 saves every freaking night, and Miro play 40 or whatever, 35 minutes every night, that's just, that's just asking too much. I do get weary of that workload on Jake Ottinger and Miro. That's just, like I mentioned, they're, they're both young. They're both incredible generational talents, but that's how you ruin a system that's built around youngsters is you wear them out. You know, you, you, that's, you don't want to do that. that that's the fact that they can do that and they have been doing that, I'm eternally grateful for it, but we're going to wear these dudes out. we got to get them some help. No shade on Scott Wedgwood. I do think he's an incredible backup goalie. He had that terrible injury earlier in the season. 
we, we just got to get something going on there to where we've got some other options and not be so reliant upon one or two superstars. We need to have some depth, and we need to have it sooner rather than later. I started thinking, I mentioned the Ben, J- the Jamie Ben penalty and, you know, the, how I'm not a huge fan of Tyler Sagan and haven't been in years, but I even started digging into that deeper because it's been kind of a looming thing for the last couple of years with the Tyler Sagan and Jamie Ben thing about their contractual obligations and how we're paying them all this money and so much so that, you know, the owner of the team came out on multiple occasions and has... I guess publicly like, criticized, I guess is the, is the right word. And, you know, things change for here and there, but I, I don't know. Looking into it deeper, Tyler Sagan has four more years at $10 million a year with a no-move clause. $40 million over the next four years. And his production value is just diminishing and non-existent like I, I we have got to do something here i don't know if these guys are going to be able to accept lesser roles down the line i don't know if their veteran mindset if they could you know swallow that pill and realize that they're not in their heyday they're in the twilight of their career i don't know how they're going to handle that if egos are going to get in the way but just seeing those numbers on i think that jamie's going to be making fairly similar to that in over like the next two or three years, but just dumping an insane amount of money. When you look at contracts like Wyatt Johnston and, and other people like that, I mean, we're getting these guys for a steal. And you look at these other contracts that, you know, were signed years ago and you're just shaking your head like, where's the production? You know, that, that's just kind of adds insult to injury there whenever they're not producing and you see how much we're dishing out. So that all of that being said, you know, I, I think we need to figure out what our identity is as a team. Like, are we the scrappy team that's going to fight and claw to get where we need? Or are we the team that's, like, established and has a group of veterans that's going to, you know, set the tone and break all these records and stay calm, cool, and collected? Because I don't know. On one hand, I, I feel like we could be both or, a, like, a, a mixture of both. But on some nights, it's the veteran presence. You know, we're, we're out there. We have every play is set up perfectly. Our our special teams is incredible on both sides. You know, the penalty kill and the power play. Ottinger is incredible behind the net. And then there's next the, the next game they'll go out and we get blown out. We're getting th- th- nothing is fired. Like, we'll go on a stretch where we're just getting our absolute ass kicked left and right. And you bring in people like, I think this guy deserves a contract. I think Max Domi, who we brought in at the deadline, was great. He was a huge addition, and if we want to go the scrappy route and, you know, not be the cleanest wins, but just somebody that's clearly wants to be out there and will do whatever it takes to win, Max Domi deserves a contract. One of my favorite players on the Stars that gets no love is Roddick Foxa. The, he's the perfect identity for a fourth liner. I mean, this guy, he'll get in the faceoff dot. He's freaking, his plus minus is going to be probably not the best, but he's out there. He's absolutely checking, you know, the other team's first line. He's getting, you know, pressure against the uh, the freaking half wall, and he's throwing his body left and right and not trying to get on the score sheet, just trying to contribute any way that he can. And like I said, if we're going to go the scrappy route of things and we don't want to – we don't need to be the scoring seven or eight goals every night and breaking all these records, then, hey, cultivate that atmosphere then. Let those guys play the way that they want or just figure it out. I feel like – I feel the point I'm trying to get at is we are – 
I don't know what our identity is. We keep going back and forth because one game is this, one game is that, and I'm not saying it has to be linear throughout the whole year, but it's hard to get a grasp on them. And Seattle and Vegas aren't going any, anywhere. We, those teams are, they do have an identity. They're big, they're strong, they're fast, and they're not going anywhere. We're going to continue to play those teams, so we need to figure our shit out because if we don't, they're going to run all over us. One of the, the overarching theme that I took away from this is all of that being said with the players and the Jim Neal and all that and the, the, the drafting and the contracts, I think we found our coach. With, you know, we had the Lindy Ruff, uh, Jim Montgomery, Rick Bonus, Ken Hitchcock. We've gone through all these coaches in the last five to six years. I feel like Pete DeBoer's system is going to work. And he's being here. He's building a good culture. Hopefully, the guys buy into the system as much as I think they are. They had a great first season underneath him. And if if we can get Pete to stay here for a while and develop a team and, and get these guys familiar with what he wants from them, I think he's the one that can bring us to where we want to be. We had a great first showing with it, and I think doing – more and more seasons underneath that same mindset is going to do nothing but help everyone out. And quite frankly, I hope it helps our freaking fan base because I understand bandwagon fans are going to be in any sport, but it is very annoying to see, you know, like you you go to games throughout the season like we do, and there's you can get in the door for 25 bucks and, you know, end up sneaking down to like a lower-level seat. Like there's no one there, and the AAC is not a big arena it doesn't fit that many people you can't they're giving away tickets basically then as soon as the playoff rolls around of course it's sold out and everyone's all of a sudden you know just bleeding victory green and huge fans I get that but like maybe us being good for as long as we have been and continue to be maybe we can get some real freaking fan base going there's you're gonna have your diehards all the time I understand not everyone's gonna be watching every game like me or whatever but like it's I feel like we deserve it you know, especially living in Dallas, I don't give a shit about football. I love college football, but like the NFL, obviously, when you think of Dallas, you think of Dak Prescott, Jerry Jones, and that's fine. But like, no, I, I watch the Cowboys too, but how about a, a team that's been consistently in the playoffs and going deep into the playoffs for the past eight, nine, ten years? Maybe us continuing on this path, getting more national recognition with the Robertson breaking, you know, or making history and Haskinen making history and breaking all these records and all Rick Flair showing up to our games, Mike Tyson, like, hey, man, I'm here for it because I love to see the stadium packed. I would love to be able to speak hockey with more people other than the handful that I can right now. So I think we've got a lot to grow on. Uh, it's very disappointing that the season ended the way that it did, but I'm not taking nothing but negatives away. We have a lot of promise. We have a lot of I guess, bright spots for the future. And everyone I've spoken with, I think, shares that same sentiment that, man, this one slipped away. But I think in the upcoming seasons, if everything continues on the same path, we're going to be a force to be reckoned with. And I'm going to be here for it along the way either way. So hopefully some of y'all will be converted into Stars fans or hockey fans on the way there. But if you haven't, start watching now. It's going to be a really fun uh, Stanley Cup final, the Florida Panthers going to be playing the Vegas Knights. Who would have thought, you know, a, a sport that's played on ice is going to have the two best teams being from Florida and Nevada. 
but it'll be a fun series. So uh, if you want to tune in, starts this Saturday, and I'll be tuning in because halfway heartbroken, halfway want to see who wins this. But either way, I'm always going to be a Stars fan. I bleed victory green, and I'm here for it in the near future. So I appreciate you guys listening. And if you did make it this far, like I said earlier, make sure to subscribe. Follow me on all the social medias. Give me a five-star rating. And most of all, remember, as long as y'all keep listening, I'll keep talking. We'll see you next time.